Today's episode is brought to you by Pokemon Go, keeping the population of Pidgeys in check for the last couple weeks. Seriously, do your part. There's a lot of them out there. If these policies, in many instances, either reflect or take into account the proximity of the United States, living next to you is in some ways like sleeping with an elephant. No matter how friendly or even tempered is the beast, I can call it that, one is affected by every twitch and grunt. It's July 25th, 2016, and welcome to episode 103 of the Sleeping with the Elephant podcast, where we put the U in color commentary. This is the show where Americans and Canadians come together to try and understand just what the hell is happening across each other's borders. And this week, I've brought on Scott Johnson from Frog Pants Studios to clear everything up. Scott, welcome. Like a fart in church. Everyone's going to get up and leave after I rip one out. You know what's my favorite part about farts in church is when a baby does it, and like, it's the only time you can laugh at a fart in church. <laughs> I never thought about that. But that's totally true. Because you know there's poop involved, right? Oh, yeah. For them, it's an early warning signal. It's like, a, it's like a, I don't know, a lighthouse letting you know that there's rocks ahead or whatever. But but you know, for adults, it just could be well. There's there's Taco Bell from this afternoon again. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what it is, but it's just every time I go to church with my son, I'm just hoping, hoping that he lets out one of those old man loud farts. Oh, yeah, because then you he doesn't care. No. Nope. He doesn't have any shame. They're not supposed to have shame at that age. Mm-mm. And then, uh, you know, it's all it's down to you to laugh like a hysterical father because it's funny. Like it's objectively funny. Mm-hmm. Your farts in church. And then everybody else can just live with it. Whatever their take is on it, whatever their juxtaposition you know, however they stand on the issue of a kid farting in church, who cares? You're not allowed to be angry at no. a baby farting in church. I think that's what we've learned today. No, no, no. Now, listen, I mean, if a baby stood up and projectile vomited <laughs> into the back of someone's head, now that's different, maybe. I don't think you can be angry, but you certainly want to call the priest over for his exorcism. Yeah, you just want to get out. Like, yeah. You just want to say, yep, calling it the day. We're going early. <laughs> that's it. I don't know. I've been pretty good. Caden's six months old now, and I have not been vomited on, like projectile vomit. Like, yeah. I haven't been pooped on, but I have almost been peed on. <laughs> well, you seem to have more. I had three. Oh, yeah, that's true. Have, have three, and, and each one had their own brand of what they were going to do. So my, <laughs> my youngest was the puker, but not so much that he puked all the time, but when he did, it was an event. Right. And he would stubbornly not want to and you would go uh oh the clock is ticking the fuse is burning I gotta run somewhere and I'd grab him in public and run to a place and it didn't matter it was like clockwork he would yak right before we got to destination so there was always that was always fun with each kid to figure out which one was you know gonna smear up a horrible diaper up their back in the middle of (laughs) shopping which one was gonna yak everywhere which one was gonna pee themselves you know a week after they'd been flawlessly potty trained Mm. Um, they all had their own brand of that. So it was all, it was all an adventure and something I look back on both fondly and with some regret. Well, I think, I think that's good. And, uh, that's a page you can add to your parenting book. Yeah. Maybe that could be the epilogue. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. I was going to put, um, yeah, a whole, se- <laughs> a whole ending section on uh, kid yak. Oh, think, okay. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. I think that's fine. Um, I wanted to, the main reason I asked you on here, not because you're, you're, 
you're well versed in the Americana. Uh, but I wanted to clear some things up because there's a lot of stuff you talk about on your shows when Canada comes up. Yeah, you guys um, holes in your money. Yeah, that's the first one. So holes oh, in your money. Where does that come from? I'm just more curious. So I've had Canadian money in my hand, uh-huh. uh, mostly when I was younger. But I remember having some Canadian coins, and I'm a thousand percent positive that those coins were like washers, and that they they were missing the middle part. Mm-hmm. So there was like a hole in the middle of those coins, and so it has been my tradition since then or low these many years sure. to refer to any time my Canadian friends talk to me, I say, they'll say, oh, I'll say, where are you from? Oh, I'm up in uh, Vancouver. I'll say, oh, you guys, it's all, you got uh, money with holes in it. Right. That's just the standard thing now. And I realize that, you know, toonies or loonies or boonies or whatever it is you guys have up there. Two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs> Some of those have like a metal, like two metal design, like, Outside metal, middle metal thing. Yeah, the, the toonie is uh, part. I'm pretty sure it's like part whatever colored gold and like silver. Well, it's not actual. You know what I mean? It's like it's nickel and copper. Or thank whatever. you. Yeah, nickel and like colored copper, or whatever. And and it is. I'm pretty sure it's two pieces. And when they first introduced the toonie, we used to have two dollar bills. Yeah, which is crazy to look back at, and I'm I'm sure it had the queen on it. But um, it it was it's just two pieces of metal. And when they first started manufacturing them, the the middle would pop out. Yeah. Mostly because people were trying to pop it out. Like, let's be honest. Were like, they trying to? Because what was it valuable in the middle or something? Or were they just trying to be dorks and pop uh, it out? Probably trying to be dorks, you know, because I don't think it, I think it loses. Well, when money is, is defaced, you, you have a couple options. You can be like, ah, cool. I have this weird, like, penny that just got ran over by a railroad. Or you can, I think you can take it into a bank and say, I would like to exchange this here squashed penny or ruined toonie. And I would like a fresh, crisp toonie, and they'll 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 exchange it. And I think they dispose of it. They do that with pennies here and, mm-hmm. and stuff, which we all think is dumb because pennies cost more to make than they do to spend. Yeah, is, but anyway, so my my let me put it this way: I guess what I had in my hand then mm-hmm. were one of two things. It was either some of these toonies with the middle popped out, right? Which is possible. This would have been like you know eighty nine to ninety five or something. Okay, so late 80s, so late 80s. Sorry, late 80s, yeah, late 80s mint run, whenever that would have been, probably, let's say those coins probably were 85 when they were made. Mm-hmm. I was handling them in 89 or 90. And they had holes in them, <clears throat> and I didn't know the difference or what a toonie was or that they, these things would pop out. I just assumed you guys had holes in it. And then I think what happened is it got compounded later because I ended up with some other currency from some other country, and I don't know where. Mm-hmm. Um I have Korean siblings, so they were always going back and forth with weird money. And and um, my sister went to Europe for a long time and sent home a bunch of weird money. And I know I got a hold of a bunch of coins that also had holes in them. And I just assumed, oh, these are more Canadian coins because <laughs> right. there are holes in them like Canadian money has. And so then it was cemented in like that was like the... I don't know. It's like that weird purple light your dentist uses when he's done to make sure the cement holds. It was like that. It was like my psychological lock on you guys wow. old money was in for the in for the full count. And it's never left me. So, yeah. So even though you could tell me right now in all the logical ways that you could with all the proof in the world that there's no such thing as as Canadian money with holes in it, I would still deny it and pretend you never said anything and still make fun of my Canadian friends for having money. Yeah. With holes. 
Well, I'm, I'm fine with that because it, we, we kind of meet halfway with the, I'm sure people have brought this up where they're like, well, our holes may not have money in it, but at least they have these cool windows. And if you look at our dollar bills now, they're all made of plastic <laughs> and uh, they, you can see through them. Uh, there are specific transparent sectors and it's, it's supposed to be like a anti-theft mechanism. Yeah, really hard to, to duplicate or, or uh, counterfeit or whatever. Sure. It's really hard to duplicate that and blue spacemen. Um, because our five dollar bill features spacemen. Yeah, what's up with that? You guys got uh, also isn't it you guys who have the um, mm. the Spock thing? The guy looks like Spock. If you if you Although, <laughs> those were our old bills, I think actually. I, funny enough, I don't usually carry a lot of cash around, and I think they replaced the five dollar bill. It might still be, I think it's Borden. It's an old prime minister, but yeah, they were. It's harder to, to deface the plastic bills because you you got to get like one of those sharpies that. It'll go on plastic, but yeah, because um, yeah. like, it's big, thick, sharpie lines, and that's yeah. not artistically as pleasing. Okay, that makes sense. I just remember there was a big hubbub a few years ago about Spock's face being on all your money, and oh, it was, yeah. people were like cutting, giving him the bull haircut and adding the ear or whatever. It looks good. Yeah. It's it's pretty spot on. I haven't seen one in person, but uh, the, you should be the, proud the, of that. Hockey, you know, Olympics, uh, Trudeau, those things are all great. Mm-hmm. Really, what's great is you had Spock on your money. Yeah, thanks to lovely, lovely uh, defacers. I don't know. Uh, then the other one is the common uh, corner of Ottawa across from Vancouver. That oh, sort of that, thing. Yeah, yeah. So my thinking on that is just that, I mean, okay, let's put it this way. I've uh-huh. not been to Canada yet. I hope to soon, someday. Oh, well, the invitation is extended. We're having uh, a poutine meetup. We just oh, announced wonderful. it last episode, so... <laughs> And poutine remind me it's like French fries with gravy on it. Is that the yeah? Deal? There you can. That's the baseline for mm-hmm. poutine: uh, fries, gravy, uh, cheese curds. But you could add a little like bacon topping, maybe some is there, onions. Is that a French word, poutine? Yes, okay. uh, it is. I think like I don't know. Maybe my French cousin was making fun of me, but I'm pretty sure he pronounced it poutine. Ah, poutine. Yeah, but I always say poutine because you know I always say it with the double e. The French, the French are always putting the word "poo" in things. Have you noticed that? There's a lot of French words with "poo" in it. What other words? Like, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't think I was going to call you on it. You thought I was just going to move on. Well, like you know, poop. Well, no, I'm just thinking of the things that like the stereotype is. What's the poupon? Is that? Oh, gray poupon. There you go. <laughs> that's a mustard, but poupon is yeah, poop. There's more poop in that. They that's say just like we we poo poo. Yeah, well, um, that's what the stereotype taught me. Sure. Um, I can't think of anything else. I think it might be it. Poupon was good. Let's end it on. Uh, let's let's go with Poupon. Poupon. Now, yeah, I've yeah. Got. Anyway, but the proximity problem is just an. It's an issue of I really have zero memory of the geography lessons I had when I was younger right. regarding Canada, and I just don't remember where everything's situated. So when someone says, "Oh yeah, we're moving from." Um, uh, you know, Ottawa to freaking, I don't know, some other place, Isle of Wight or what? So give There's me a two name. cities of- in the notes, Vancouver. <laughs> okay, Vancouver. <laughs> uh, then it, to me, it always sounds like, oh, they're just moving across town. Okay. But obviously not. Like it's oh, a big obviously. country. You guys are very wide, you know? Oh, oh yeah. We're, about, we're, we're as equally wide as you guys. Come yeah, on. You're as wide as we are at the top. Right. And, and so if someone says I'm going from the East Coast to the West Coast, it's not like the island of Hawaii or Maui or something. Sure. You're going a much further distance. So, so again, it's me coming into it with some slight ignorance and then compounding it and refusing to, to do anything else. So, so if you were to – you say you haven't visited Canada. If you were to go to Canada, where would you 
visit, I guess. The cities that, that intrigue me the most mm-hmm. are Vancouver because of all the movie and TV things going on there. For some reason, that intrigues me. I don't know why. Yeah. Just, um, I also think uh, Montreal sounds great. Montreal is fantastic. It's, yeah. uh, it's got some great... I've never been to Vancouver, but I was just in Montreal in March to see a hockey game, and they've got a great old town and then a great like downtown core where the where the the stadium is and stuff. It's and it's all walkable. It's really great. See, that's really cool. And I also they have a big video game development culture there. And yeah, I think Montreal just sounds like a really cool town. And that's probably if I'm going to pick, probably the place I would I would fly and go. However, mm-hmm. um, I'm not. You know, I don't know enough to even say. Like I, all this stuff is such surface stuff. Mm-hmm. It surprised me just to hear you say you've never been to Vancouver. That, it's a faraway place. <laughs> yeah, and that's funny because in my head I'm thinking, oh, well, can't Canadians, they've been to all those places, obviously, because they're Canadians. But that would be like asking me, well, have you been to Kentucky? Well, no. Have I been to North Carolina? No. Like, have I been to New York? No. <laughs> oh, wow, you've never been to – see, that's that. the New York is the Vancouver to you. Like, you've never been to New York? That's crazy. Yeah. But it's also because it's so part, – partly – I mean, it's like a four-hour plane ride, so it's not that bad. But it's pretty far mm-hmm. in, in comparison to, say, L.A. or something that we go to all the time. Um, so I think that's kind of more about where I'm situated in the country. But, but, but it's funny that I feel that way about Canadians and wonder why they haven't all seen everything when I know that I'm doing the same thing. I mean mm-hmm. – I haven't seen everything. No, and and yeah, no one's. I'm not sitting here like putting Scott in a corner. I, I just think it's 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 interesting. And really, um, when it comes to American culture, like they we're not taught where everything is in America. We just sort of soak it up through through the media and the news and and just television. I'm pretty sure what's what's the comic book? Yeah, Marvel. I'm pretty sure Marvel movies have taught me key locations of the United <laughs> States. That's you know, awesome. I knew I know <laughs> New York and. Actually, that's about it. So, uh, we'll see. What else? So, yeah. What are the other Marvel cities? Isn't there a West Coast one? Well, I'm glad that I'm. I'm really glad that uh, <laughs> that it's not DC Comics that taught you, because you would think there were places called you know Gotham City and Metropolis, which is Chicago, basically. Kind of, yeah. Like New York and Chicago are Metropolis and and mm-hmm. uh, Gotham, except in the comics, they're just across the bay from each other. Which is real weird because in the country they're way far away. Well, I mean, relatively far away from each other. One's Midwest, right. one's East Coast. So I've never understood that. They based them on those two cities but pretended like they were like a lake apart. If anything, D.C. has my problem where they assume everything's right next to each other. Yeah, maybe, maybe D.C. is part of the issue. Uh, I, um, yeah, but Montreal would be, a, would be a great place to visit for, for you and the family because you, you got, your, you got your, your restaurants, you got your hockey, you have your, your historical buildings, lots of history. There's a, there's a cool port that you can go to and see a bunch of ships. Uh, it's got people dressed up in costume, giant churches. It just sounds cool. You know? it, it's very cool. And you know what? You can go not speak a lick of French. I tried to speak a little bit of French, and they're like, no, sir, we have this. We speak English. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Thank goodness. Well, it's just, it's not because I really appreciate the French language. My mother's, my mother's French Canadian. And I would love to be able to speak French, but I know I'm terrible at it. And I, I always want to try. And, and it's, and it's kind of embarrassing because clearly this person, the first person says to me, like, where are you from? And like, oh, Ontario. It's like, oh, well, don't worry. We will we will talk in English. Are there are there so where are the trailer park boys live? Like uh, where's part of Canada? Well, I think in the show they're they're from Nova Scotia, but yeah. actually one of the dudes like used to live 
like 15 minutes from where I am right now. Oh, really? Wow. In the country. Yeah, it, it bubbles. I th- or no, the guy who drinks rum and coke. I've never watched. Oh, that's uh, Julian. Julian, yeah. See, I've I'm never watched it. I'm a huge uh, fan of the Trailer Park Boys. And I, I'm not, I, I'll say that I think I, I've, I've avoided having them become my stereotype of Canada. Mm-hmm. So you're okay. Sure. There. Uh, but man, they make me laugh. Those people exist. Yeah. Uh, in Canada, just like they probably exist in the States. And uh, that's, that's all fine and well. Is there any other like little stereotype things that you like? Those are the two I kind of latch, I remember. Well, I know this, and this doesn't feel like a stereotype. It feels like mm-hmm. a, re- a reality. Whenever I ship anything up there, like a <sighs> even a postcard, Yeah. it gets lost in the mail for like nine weeks. I, I feel you. <laughs> I feel bad because sometimes I'm... What is I, the deal with that? I don't know. Um... It's weird because I'll like order something from the store, an outstanding Kickstarter. And I'll like email Dave. It's like, yeah, just letting you know. Here are the things that are stuck in transit. I'm sure they're coming. I'm just letting you know because you know Dave likes to be on top of things. But um, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. It could just be customs. It could just be the fact that uh, I, I've seen people mention that the postal service is is in a bit of a in a bit of a dip now with with an incoming possible strike. Yeah. But. Um, it could just be the fact that, but then I order stuff from the states all the time, and it doesn't get as caught up. Yeah, uh, I just it depends. Like there have been things I've ordered from Canada and gotten mm-hmm. three days later, and then same people, same sort of thing, a few weeks later, and it took a month, and nobody knows why, or they got lost with customs, and there's every day. And then when I send like even just a postcard to somebody up there, mm-hmm. it just gets lost, and I don't know why. I don't like, know. and then someone will they'll they'll email me six months later. Hey, I got free comic day uh, <laughs> prints. Like in the middle of winter, when I send them in May. Like what in the crap? And that's not I am not that's not hyperbole. That is a truth. So I don't know what's going on. Our countries need to work better in that one regard because we're all pretty good friends. We like yeah. the Canadians. They like us. Everything's good. Um, but if there's one thing the Trudeau administration could do with whoever our next president is, is sit down. And um, make a deal on better mail delivery, because good lord. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if that would happen. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. Like you'd think that we would have some sort of agreement to be, you know, like the free trade agreement, uh, all the agreements that are being thrown around by Trump these days. You'd think that there would be some sort of mail agreement where it's like, oh, it's going to Canada, my neighbor of the north. Mm-hmm. Just you know, scan it, but don't like bureaucratize it. Yeah, whatever. you're not far either. It's just like, you're just right over there. Yeah. Like, you should be able to just take it right over there. And yeah. I realize, you know, I don't know, whatever. I have a vision that one day, in the far-flung future, it's maybe a hundred years from now, but it's pointless that we're two separate com- countries anyway. It's kind of dumb. I don't know. We, we need to come up with some sort of North American I don't know, conglomerate. Where yeah. we, we keep our countries, but maybe, maybe you have like a three-tiered system where you have, you have you just continue to exist as your own countries with your own provinces, states, whatever. But then you have like this, like North America becomes more than just a, a regional thing and more of like a, a, a grouping of some kind. I don't know. Maybe, but I just, I hate how human beings are so tribal and so territorial. And I wish that we would get past that at some point. Mm-hmm. Realize that no, you know, had somebody sold things slightly differently, we would be the same nation. Like it's the big, all these traditions we hang on to, like, like with our death grips sure is based on what based on a deal that went a certain direction and not the other and in an alternate reality it went the other way and suddenly we own most of mexico 
and Canada and us are the same people and we're just one big ass country that rebelled against the queen, you know, together or whatever. Hey, the queen's all right. She's all right. She's good. Dude, she's like a thousand years old and still more energetic than me. So Yeah, she is a Duracell battery. Um, I, I had to say about her. She's- I know people that are like queen crazy. And, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm more of, I'm not really. I just, it's like, okay, old lady on the back of our money. Let's do this. Yeah, she's good that way. But, and the queen, the band, they're pretty good. But uh, sure. you know, as queens go, I'll, I, yours is fine. Your queen is fine. Yeah, we try. I mean, I, I don't think she's been to Canada in quite a while, so... I think she has to be within proximity of Buckingham Palace, or they'll unplug her. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> or she'll unplug herself. Yeah, I don't um, know. But the the, the prince comes over here every once in a while. I don't. I don't know. But um, let's get into some stories here. Some quick ones here. All right. uh, how do you feel about Pokemon Go, Scott? Uh, I think it's great. I'm sure. a little burnt out on it myself. Um, mm-hmm. Just personally, when I so what it used to do for the first couple of weeks is I would go out and jog and I would stop and gather whatever and I would leave the app on so it was buzzing me when something was hitting and I'd listen to a podcast or a book or something while I was doing that and then I would stop capture whatever it was or stop by a pokey station get my balls and get out of there um and I kind of stopped doing that I just want to when I go out to run I just want to run yeah and it's annoying to me to always be worried about what might be around me that being said um I do kind of wish it was more of a game game like the fact that I can't pop in there and go I'm going to challenge one of my friends and they're going to play their little Pokemon against my Pokemon mm-hmm. we're going to have a little battle here and see who's the best and one of them's going to die and one of them's going to live and you know like you can do in World of Warcraft with pet battles or you know a million other things yeah. or actual Pokemon <laughs> uh, sure I, I agree with you It's it's it needs more of the game I, I love that they've got the, the uh, AR game set up and it's in a good place but you're right it needs especially to be sort of a prolonged experience there needs to be more gameplay but um do you think you would ever be so engrossed in it that you would cross international borders uh no i think that i would not do that i'm barely engrossed enough in it to cross um neighborhood borders like i I, i'm i'm doing it and what i love about it so so what i love about it is is what everyone talks about and so this isn't anything new but everybody kind of getting out and being a community and having this shared experience i think is a very cool and very healthy thing Hmm. um and I don't just mean the raw health benefits of walking a lot. I mean, like, you know, these are strangers and you're they're saying, hey, you guys, uh, we found three Pikachu over here. Come over. You know, like there's this there's something about that is that is um, the part of humanity I want to celebrate. So I'm all for stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's amazing. And I've had a great time with my kids and, you know, the neighbors are great and everybody's great. I just want it now that they've established this and it's become the phenomenon that it is. It just needs more game. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, the the, the story here is that uh, two youths, I guess, were playing uh, on the Montana-Alberta sort of border, and they crossed, and they were picked up by U.S. Border Patrol agents, uh, which is pretty crazy. Also may be a feather in the cap for, uh, for Donald Trump and his dual wall idea, but... I don't know. I agree with you. I haven't been so enthralled in it that I've, that I've walked through it, but I guess if I was a kid in a forest playing Pokemon Go, I probably would be more engrossed in it because it's not like you're going to get a warning that you're crossing international barriers or or something because it's not really even google maps it's just roads and green blocks right for buildings so they i mean they it's it's that core google maps data but it's only enough to give you rough geographical information to say this is a street and this isn't or whatever Mm -hmm. so it doesn't need much more than that but if you were right there on the border i would at least be just cognizant of it (laughs) like i would be like hmm 
you know, we're right here, so we probably ought to make sure. Like, I would, I would be thinking that way. Um, but that being said, if I'm a kid and I don't, I'm just trying to capture Jigglypuff. Maybe I don't care. <laughs> you get across international borders just to catch Jigglypuff. Well, we could learn. We could learn something from that kid. The kid, he doesn't see borders. He doesn't see differences. He doesn't see, you know, yeah. politics and separation. He sees Jigglypuff, and he's over the. He's right over there. So I'm going to flick it and get it. And I'm going to go home and tell my mom how great it is I got Jigglypuff. And he's not going to care that he perhaps became an illegal alien for a portion of time. Well, yeah, he, he, he did make it back safely. So he, he was only an alien for so long, and then they returned him to his, to his homeland. Um, the next story here, moving to Canada. Scott, how do you feel about, about having a realtor come in with the, with the express purpose of selling your home so you can move to Canada? <laughs> I think that... Um, opportunity, uh, what's the word? Uh, how does it, what's the old phrase? Uh, opportunity is the thing of this uh, deal. I don't wait, know. Wait. Uh, something about opportunity. Uh, no, something of invention. The mother necessity is the mother of invention. There you go. I never would have got you there, but I'm glad I see this is the, I've listened to enough morning stream that I know I just need to step back and allow you to work through your process. Yeah, um, you got to let me dig through the weeds, but, yeah, it's, but uh, yeah. it's basically this idea of something like this very contested election and this, these very contested, very, um, you know, hot button issues with these particular candidates comes up people there's always that this happens every election by the way but this is just more mm -hmm. feet pitch this time where people are like i'm moving to canada if that person gets elected and they never do um but this time people might actually make that decision if trump becomes president and i think a few people enough people are showing actual interest mm -hmm. in perhaps becoming expatriates that it, it created an opportunity for some 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 uh, I don't know smart businessmen minded realtors who are like yeah I think I could probably jump on this and make something out of it. Uh, that being said, I just think that in terms of volume, it's just not going to be that big a deal. Like people no. aren't going to leave every time Alec Baldwin gets a Republican in office, he says he's leaving the country, and he freaking never does. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting. The, the thing is, moving to Canada is one of those weird excuses that people have, and usually the specific issue, like you mentioned, Alec Baldwin, and with Obama getting elected twice. Um, usually the type of people say, I'm moving to Canada, don't really understand that when they move to Canada, they're actually probably moving to a country that has things that they wouldn't appreciate, like yeah, socialized health care. Sure, things that they already, they, while they're here, they think is more uh, restrictive to their mm -hmm. gym or whatever. And that's a very good point. Socialized health care. Another might be, uh, you know, the taxation is, is a very different animal. Like we always want to complain here about our higher high taxes, but most of the world has higher taxes than we do. So you're just leaving one tax bracket for a higher one and not really knowing it. Mm -hmm. Also, it's just, it's just a dumb, it's not a dumb idea because I think Canada is great. It's a yeah. dumb idea because people are just using it as a trope or like a weird stereotype to say, well, if I want to avoid the army, I go to Canada. If I want to run away from the law, I go to Canada. If I want to mm -hmm. get away from what's, everything's going to crap, I'm going to Canada. It's just part of this like hyperbole it's like a, it's just like a big wet fart. It doesn't mean anything to anyone. It's just a big bunch of loud nothing. Like at the end of the day, you just don't need to go to Canada unless you want to visit and hang out. It is it is nice up here. Um, you know, I think that Canada is very close to what you experience in terms of weather wise uh, where you where you're at. But there are a lot of people, a lot of Americans that don't really understand that you know we have we have winter up here and. Uh, 
some really cold springs and some really nice falls, but it's, it's weird. And usually it is just nice to see it, it kind of flipped where it's the sane, um, the same people that would probably fit in that are threatening to go, but really you're right. Like threatening to move to a different country without say, I don't know, having a job or, uh, you know, knowing where you want to move. Like this specific article talks about it's, it's in Charleston, uh, South Carolina. They say, Oh, the average house in Charleston will sell for about 300,000 Canadian. And then they list Toronto as, you know, the average housing across Canada is 500,000, which Depending where you want to move, like three hundred thousand will do you pretty good, but not for the house that they that they showed on the. Uh, you won't get that for for that amount of money. But it's just you want people to move to your country under. You know, I'm moving here because I'm in a good place. I want to move here. I got a job. Not I want to avoid a president. And really, if Trump gets in, like really, I think the news will probably stay the same, but the country won't like go to shit in a day. No, absolutely not. Like you're never. You are talking right now to a adamant sure hardcore anti-trump guy i okay. can't stand him and i'm saying that as someone who often votes republican not always but sometimes mm-hmm. like i vote I, I usually vote on character and who i think is the better man or woman like someone who's got good character and sometimes i've felt that's the republican in the race sometimes i feel like that's the democrat in the race and unlike your uh politics and also the uk and others we have these this crappy two-party system we can't seem to get ourselves out of so that's why I only mentioned one or, you know, one of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, however, uh, it's it's one thing to be adamantly opposed to a certain election or wanting that person to uh, be accountable or whatever the reasons are that you think it's a problem. It's a whole nother thing to act like to be like end of times t- person who's acting like everything's going to go straight to crap if one one if something like this happens. At the very worst, it means four years that are frustrating and lame. And then he's out. Uh, at the most, it could mean some crazy thing in the middle of it, forcing a resignation. Could mean something crazy in the middle of it, forcing uh, an impeachment. Could mean something, uh, nothing, nothing happening at all because it turns out he's toothless once he gets into office because we have a lot of checks and balances here. And that's the whole point of the system. There's no such thing as a perfect state mm-hmm. for our or any other government. It is only a state of movement that it is in all the time. And part of this, this is part of it. So, as nuts as I think he is, as terrible as the things I think he says as and as bad as it is for our reputation, and as it will affect real things like money markets and, mm-hmm. you know, it affects real things. There's no question about it. Yeah. Oh, um, I, I agree. It's, we're not going to melt away like a, like a hot, like a turd in a hot sun. <laughs> I'm just sticking to all the poo references I can. That's, that's perfect. That's, right. that's how we keep it PG. Uh, you know, before we, before we wrap things up with, uh, you know, the, the official news of, of Trump and all that fun business, let's, let's hear from one of his supporters, which was a breaking video posted to Twitter by, uh, Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid, who I think if he's not in Canada, he spent a good time there cause he was running from what he said, where people are trying to kill him. So, uh, here he is, Randy Quaid, actor and provocateur. Randy Quaid. I'm glad as hell for the DMC leak. Hashtag yell. Bernie must disavow. Hashtag yell. Hell no, Bernie. We won't vote for emailery. Hell no, Bernie. <laughs> emailery? I don't know. I thought that was like uh, somebody never, else. That, that's a new one. Emailery. E- wow. Because email, the emails, right? 
Yeah, yeah, I assume that's what he's I, I don't talking know. about. But, you know, can I say one thing about these emails and about this whole mess? Just Which one, the DNC or the old emails? The, D, the DMC or the uh, D, DNC, not DMC, the <laughs> DMC emails. Yeah. Uh, the rap emails. No, the DNC emails. Everyone here keeps calling it the DMV for no reason, which is the Department of Motor Vehicles, which is where you get your driver's license, and it's totally stupid. But anyway. On earth, yeah. It, it really is. Um, those, I don't, I, I live in a world now where a bunch of emails matter more because they were leaked, and they're just these guy catty, kind of shitty people. Mm-hmm. But they get leaked, and the lesson is don't ever send an email ever in your life again or else someone will get it, but it's okay to tweet anything you want. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's such a weird double, double standard to me. You can, you can be Donald Trump and go, can you believe what they're finding in these emails? Then he can turn around and say some really racist crap out loud on Twitter, unabated without any kind of editing. And people don't seem to have the same problem with it. And I don't understand it. Is it because the context is that the emails were not meant to be leaked? Therefore, it's intriguing because they now are. And Twitter is, you know, a voluntary barfing of information by anyone who does it. Mm -hmm. I I don't know, but I can't stand that juxtaposition. It pisses me off. I think, and I think we're all guilty of this as as human beings. When you're having a a one-on-one conversation with someone that is is meant to to be private. Sometimes you get a little bit excited. You use words you normally wouldn't. Not like super, you're not bad or terrible or, or racist, but you just, you go a little above and beyond the initial point that you're trying to make. And I don't, what what I saw of these DNC emails, they weren't like super terrible in the sense that they were, I don't know, they weren't like really roasting the guy. Uh, there was some clear... See, I don't know a lot about it, but it just seems like they could have been a lot worse. And you bringing up Trump's tweets as an example of something that's a lot worse, but in a public format. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I just try to think like, well, maybe the emails, the emails that they handpicked out of the, what, 20,000 or something, some of them might have been worse than they actually, sorry, seemed worse than they actually were. Oh, I guarantee it. They're, they're really not that big of a deal. The bigger leak is that you know, Russia might be trying to manhandle a way to get Trump into the presidency, which has all kinds of weird implications and and nobody's care about that stuff. So, I mean, this is one of those cases, this is where the biggest frustration is. Usually when something like this happens, like somebody is very unlikable and a real problem, Mm -hmm. you always go, well, okay, well, at least there's this other candidate, but nobody really likes Hillary either. I don't, I don't really like her. She's kind of, I don't know, something about her just strikes me as, mean and nasty and maybe she has to be to get whatever job she has to get done but i don't really like her either i don't really like anybody who's currently in the in the race there were a bunch i liked that were in the race that are no longer in the race and i would give my left thumb for mitt romney to run again Mm. he was great that guy's great he has good fiscal plans he has fairly moderate middle of the road thinking outside of that generally speaking i tend to be pretty liberal yeah Uh, social issues and i tend to be a little bit conservative on uh on um uh you know financial issues but at the end of the day i just wanted somebody who's a good person to succeed here to be in the in place here and man they all just picked the wrong year to run they all assumed this trump thing was going to be nothing they all thought it was just a joke he announced it like a mall or something or one of his hotels or some bs like that (laughs) 
like nobody took it seriously. I yeah, and and it's to me, and the reason like is something. Yeah, Trump is officially announced as the Republican presidential nominee, and I never thought on this show we would get to this point. Like, and I didn't watch the speech. I haven't watched coverage in a while because I sort of treat American politics like American Idol. I only watched like the the nominations, like yeah. the tryouts. That's really interesting to me. But then once it gets into this, like the actual singing and, and whatnot, it's just, I don't like that kind of, I don't want to watch that. It's just, it's too real. <laughs> and the the Trump stuff, obviously it's it's percolated to the top of my feet and I, I can't avoid it. And the stuff he's saying is like, you guys should be more worried than yeah. you seem to be. <laughs> like, I don't understand it. But part of it is that we're just so far along um, that I, I mean, it just, it starts to feel, that's the problem is it starts to feel a little bit hopeless because You've got, he's, I mean, he's clearly speaking to somebody. Somebody out there is hearing this and going, yeah, this guy's talking for me. And enough people are hearing that to make us all a little bit nervous and weird, weirded out. But it's not that different than what the Brexit thing did for a lot of people in the UK. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of British people I talked to were like, I can't believe we did this. But there are so many people saying, finally, we're doing a thing that, that speaks for me in my middle class state or whatever. Again, it's, you know, the reason Bernie has a very rabid following and that uh, so many people are upset about what these emails might imply about the DNC or the DNC. Yeah, the DNC, you know, railroading his chances of being the the nominee for the Democrats. Um, it's there's there's something going on in Western culture that there there is a segment of the population, a growing segment of the population that does not feel represented. And and whether I think that's valid or not isn't really the point they think it is and mm. i'm in a place where i don't feel it so i try to be i try to be as open-minded to that as i can be like what does this feel like who who feels this way and why do they right and and when you start to be a little more empathetic to it you start to kind of see why this is happening um that being said i don't think the answer is putting a fascist butthole in the presidency and that's what they that's kind of where we're headed if we don't figure out a better way to do this so. yeah the thing that, that wears me out is is the relationships that this next president will have with other countries and and not just canada and you kind of look at the way trudeau is skirting around the issue and then he's not he's actively not trying to get involved in another country's election which is which is smart move um and you see the the relationship that he has with Obama and kind of like, oh man, I finally got to the, be the prime minister and the person that I actually want to lead alongside is leaving in six months or, or I guess a year and a bit. And and that that sucks for our country because we depend on the states and the stuff that Trump's coming out with, I've, I've read a bit about, you know, like denouncing NATO and NAFTA, like trade agreements and, and defense agreements. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, it's not even stuff Obama put into place. It's stuff that Bush and Bush Senior put into place, like, like World War II stuff. Like yeah, like old old stuff. Like he is really, it's really, it's real weird. Like I know he's trying to cut a better deal for his country, but you don't do that by insulting your partners. And like I wouldn't go into a business agreement and say you're all terrible. I don't like you. Try the veal. It's great. Uh, and uh, we're gonna come up with a new deal that benefits us. And you're all suckers. Yeah, you know? I'm basically that guy that my dad was. Uh, this oh, see, I don't like thinking this way. But when my dad was, my dad was like roughly my age when the whole Nixon thing went down. Sure, Watergate. Must, yeah, and that must have seemed insane. A president, first time in the history of this country, stepping down and resigning 
because he colluded in a freaking secret break in at a at a at the uh, you know the Democrat. I mean, it was huge. It was huge. Right. And that must have seemed like the world was ending and the politics sucked forever. And why are we doing this? And I'm in now. I'm I'm in his, I'm in that age bracket, and I'm starting to go. Oh my gosh, this is my version of that. Now, part of that is comforting. Mm-hmm. Part of that makes me realize it's always weird. Like, it's never not weird. When you're young, you just don't notice it. When I was growing up, I thought Reagan was cool. Well, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what policies <laughs> are happening. I don't know about Ron Contra. Like, all that stuff is just crap old people talked about, right? Yeah. Now, now I'm here and I'm going, like, Nick, what do you think of all this? You know, I don't know. <laughs> like, they don't know. Like, he's going to continue to be a teenage kid and live his life and play Pokemon Go and other video games and experiment with VR. Like right. most kids do. And then, right. and it won't affect him. Like, maybe his parents will get less benefits in the mail based on who takes over. Like, that's that's a thing happening right now. Instead of less, we're getting, we're getting more. And, and, and it's the same thing for me. Like, when I was a kid, I didn't know what was going on. I know that Jean Crenchier, like, tried to choke a reporter for some reason. And they called it the Hirschwinnigan handshake. Or Cheno, Cheno, Chenoin, it's a place in Quebec. The Hirschwinnigan uh, handshake is the best sounding thing I've ever. If heard. If you look it up, it's like it's like it starts with an H and ends with a Schwinn, and it's and he he like he chokes a guy, like on air. There's actual if you search it on YouTube, Jean Crochet uh, Schwinnigan handshake. Uh, That's amazing. He's kind of famous for it. I'm um, That's great. Yeah, but that doesn't like register to me. And then I look at what's going on right now, and I'm excited about where we're at with politics like trudeau is doing a great job at not to me and i don't understand politics i do a show on politics I, that's the beauty of it i don't understand it i'm learning every day and i think he's doing a, a good job at representing this country both at home and across the world and i don't know hasn't fallen apart yet and there were a lot of conservatives when we were running when they were running for uh, in the election that were saying like no this country is going to fall apart don't trust justin he's got no experience yeah. and just like in the states it doesn't take one man or woman to run a country it's a team so even if trump gets in he's going to surround himself hopefully with people that aren't as idiotic as him well that's the hopeful part but i I, I don't know. I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> we're all we're all super paranoid about it. But yeah, I, I, agree. I, I am with you in that it, it this stuff will work itself out. If we believe in the system, then we believe in it. If we want, if we think it's a good system, no one think, thinks it's perfect. But if we think it's a good system, well, then it's a good system, and and you get through the rough parts like you always do. History's a rising road. We tend to do better in the long term. So. I don't think we're going to revert back to the Stone Age and bomb everybody. Oh, no. That seems crazy to talk like that. And not only is it, it's not just crazy, it's just irrational. And so yeah. I'm, I am definitely approaching it from a more rational point of view. I just think it is interesting to get to an age where suddenly I, I'm interested all the time in what it's doing. And when I was younger, I could care less. Like I, I remember when 9-11 happened, it was a big deal. I was 31. It was a huge deal. Uh, I, all I could think about is, oh, what does this mean for my kids growing up? What does this mean for our country? Blah, blah, blah. Just like it seems so devastating. Uh, Nick, who was a year old then, who's 16 now, mm-hmm. doesn't have that sense from that experience. He doesn't feel, I mean, he has some empathy for it. He knows what it is historically. But he sees it the way I saw Pearl Harbor. Yeah. I wasn't alive then. He was having to be alive. He's only a year old. But I don't know. It doesn't seem like it. That was a huge deal. Pearl yeah. Harbor was a gigantic enormous earth shattering moment Mm -hmm. and i look at it as some weird obscure history that doesn't feel real to me 
Yeah, because the world grows up, and and you hope that for whoever the trend the transgressor is uh like if you look at relationships between japan and america now it's, it's pr- pretty oh, good i think be better friends right now like yeah we're, sure japan, everything we have is japanese everybody's playing their video games like if i could get my grandpa out of the grave and say dude look at all this japanese stuff everywhere <laughs> check out my honda he'd have a heart attack i feel like if i was gonna go back in time i would show my grandpa all my japanese stuff and he and just to see the look on his face yeah and yeah. he'd be like what You've got all this stuff from the Japs. I mean, that's how we do it. <laughs> yeah. And, and you'd go, well, yeah, because that's how things go. So, you know, I have a lot of, I put a lot of faith in the idea that in 50 years plus, we will hopefully, I don't know how you get there, but then we didn't know how to do it with Japan either. And yet mm-hmm. somehow we did, but somehow we get there with, with many countries in the Middle East. Somehow, mm-hmm. you know, somehow history is a rising road. So I'm very positive about all that. It's just so much more intense when you're older because you realize the people making these bad decisions or the ones that are effing it up, making you have to kind of like double check everything and wonder if we're doing this wrong mm-hmm. are not that older than you are anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you realize, oh my gosh, like what did Trump just turn 70? So he's, oh, wow, really? Yeah. So he's, you know, when I'm 46, so he's, that's, that's a number of years older than me, obviously. Yeah. It's, but it's still a lot closer than I'm comfortable with. Mm-hmm. You know, he was this guy in the 80s who was just an idiot that nobody, everyone laughed at and showed up in Home Alone 2. <laughs> like, nobody cared. And now he's this guy that could potentially have all the nuke, nuke codes. And, you know, so there's there's all that. And I'm trying to, as an adult, keep level-headed, not try to hunker down and forget what it means to have empathy for other sides. Right. That's really the goal here is I just want to understand what people are thinking with Trump. I want to know where they're coming from because obviously it's not just crazy people. Right. It's people who have a real issue and think this is the best way to deal with it. Well, if this is all we've given them, well, then that's on us, and we have to figure out why and and fix it. It's not the war; it's the battle. So yeah, you want you want your country to move forward, and I understand where you're coming from and seeing the way Trump speaks. It's like it's going to be a tough year to move forward, but you're not gonna you're not gonna slip and fall back down the hill. Like it's not going to be that bad. It'll, it and you know what? You never know. It might just. <sighs> Yeah, I doubt. Yeah, maybe he'll improve some things. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he'll get a better trade deal or something. But he, 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 that's if he gets elected. Like, And maybe Hillary comes in and, and it's the same conversation. You have four years of Congress fighting everything she tries to do. Maybe they get a Hillary care in for something. I don't know. And, I, you know, maybe <laughs> either way, it's a four-year presidency. That I'm convinced of. Yeah. I, no matter who gets it. In 20, what's the next one? 2020? 2020, yeah. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> That's supposed to be science fiction future. I don't know why it's not. But anyway, 2020, that'll be the year that they, you know, we something else will happen. Some some bright young star is going to rise up. Somebody who's who's learned from this shit show and, and decides to take it in a new direction. Is there, is there, I'm trying to think if we can apply like the Trudeau factor to the States. Is there a president that was elected in the 70s that would have a cool son or daughter that could run to be president. Like uh, Reagan, does Reagan have like a son or daughter? No, his kids are nuts. Okay, his kids are nuts, not them. I like Reagan. I'd take a Reagan again. I just, but his kids are like extreme. Some of them are really extreme. Some of them don't oh, want anything to do with politics. Like they're just kind of all over the place. Plus they're from two different marriages, so you're not sure who's who. But I, w- I would say, I would say, um, I mean, as much crap as Carter got for what sort of got handed to him with both the economy and some pretty serious flubs while he was in office, 
Carter is one of the best presidents we had in terms of the kind of person he is. Mm -hmm. He is a, he is truly, I believe a very good man. Yeah. And he's probably got kids that could do it. Okay. I don't know if they're good like their dad, but he's, he is one of the, he, he strikes me as one of the most genuinely good people to ever have held the office. And there are certainly people, you know, I could say the opposite about, I don't think Bush Jr. was all that great. I think he was okay. I'd take him (laughs) over Trump though. Like I'd take everybody over Trump at this point. I really would. I mean, if if Hillary's president, I, I, as much as I really don't like her that much, I'll take her over Trump. How do you feel about a Donald president? President Donald. Donald? Who's that's, that? That's his son. He's got four, he's got four kids. He's got a Donald, uh, an Amy, Jack, and James. Uh, Amy, for some reason, is the only one with a profile picture. Wait, whose kids are these? These are, these are Jimmy Carter's kids. Oh, he has a kid named Donald? Yeah. Well, that's unfortunate. That's <laughs> <laughs> so close to Donald. <laughs> oh, I suppose. I never even thought about that. Very unfortunate uh, for him, I guess. But I don't know. I mean, they're probably—I don't know what any of them are doing or what they—they sort of stand for or any of that. But yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, it's, here's the thing: people, people either like Obama or they hate his freaking guts. I think Obama is a good man and yeah. has been since the start. I don't agree with a lot or not all of his uh, policies, mostly financial ones, a couple of military ones. Um, in some ways, he behaves like a hardcore Republican hawk style president when it comes to military stuff, which is a little bit weird. Mm. But all of that aside, we've had somebody for eight years who I think is a genuine person and, yeah. and cares about people and cares about his family. And that stuff matters to me. So I don't care. You know, you can yell in my face all day about how Obama's the worst president ever. And I just don't believe you. We. Like people- like as Canadians, like we don't really, we, we don't like, I'm sure there are people in Canada living that say like Obama's the worst president ever. And it's like, okay, where's that coming from? Like you don't live in the States. I, I don't see how anyone in Canada could say Obama's the worst president because he's, I think Canada and the States have had probably a really good relationship for a while now. And, uh, yeah, when I, when I hear about Obama and people saying he's the worst president, I'm like, you could have a beer with him. We're proving that right now where our every time he and Trudeau are in the same room, they are actively enjoying each other's company. And that that shows that that means a lot to me as someone who enjoys being around nice people. Like, I don't want to have a beer with Donald Trump. I didn't want to have a beer with Stephen Harper. He looked he, he was just he waited me out. Um, he kept the country going for a while. But it's just, you know, I don't want to have a beer with him. And I, that, I might go to George W. Bush's barbecue. Maybe. Sure. He's got some great stories and he sounds kind of interesting when he's he talks. He's kind of a good old boy. Outside of politics, I bet he's a load of fun to hang around. Hey, maybe he'd paint you. Maybe. He might. <laughs> he might paint me like his French girls. But <laughs> no, I, I, think you're, I think you're spot on. I think he would be a good drinking buddy. And it, I just, it's not even about drinking. It's, it's more about just being able to hang out with somebody. Like, I don't know. I, I think that's an important quality to me. And of course, like they could have the worst policies ever. And I'd be like, yeah, I don't want him to be president, but I'd like to have him over for dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I don't, for whatever reason. That's how I usually vote. People always ask what I vote. I voted uh, when I could vote. First time I could vote, mm-hmm. uh, bar- barely start to vote was Bush senior. And I voted for him. I think he's a good man. Sure. I voted for um, Bob Dole. Well, uh, no, I'm sorry. 
Oh yeah, but, but then Bush, but he he lost that election. Bush Senior did, so my vote went to the losing candidate. Didn't really feel it with Clinton, and I voted for Bob Dole versus Clinton in '96. That was when the next time I voted. Um, is that right? Yeah, '92, '96. Yeah. Then I voted for, um, uh, who was after? Oh, care. I voted for John Kerry, and then I voted. So there's another. You know, went back and forth, Democrat, Republican. Mm-hmm. Then I think Gore. Yeah, Gore. For, yeah, first of uh, the 2000 was Gore. 2004 was who ran in 04? I don't know. Wasn't oh, that Bush and um, uh, uh, Frick? Mitt, Mitty. No, Mitt no, was, that was Obama. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't remember now. I don't I know. It. Anyway, whoever that was, I voted for that person. Yeah. Who was that? I, I can't remember. Like, isn't isn't it a, a fact that when you run for presidency and then fail, you're like shunned from the from the universe? Like, isn't that a real thing? A little bit, kind of. Not. I don't know if it is or isn't. It's like it. you guys hate losing so much that when you lose, it's like, well, I guess I have to go away forever. I guess so. I mean, except I Mitt Romney had that. I voted for Obama in 08, and then I voted yeah. for Romney in 2012. Sure. I really liked Romney. Again, good guy. He's a really good man, and. This election, I am presented with nobody who I think is a really good person at heart. And that's really hard for me because usually there's like at least something that tips the scale like, oh, that that person is really um, interested in this and this and this. And that really resonates with me as a father or whatever. And some people are going to say, oh, you're just being naive, Scott. They're all maniacal, crazy, power hungry, whatever. You can get all cynical all you want. I'll live in my little bubble. Thank you very much. And I and and in this particular case, I just don't feel like I've. You know, it really is the uh, turdness poop sandwich. Okay, so um, we're we're gonna wrap this up because I'm I'm making you late for a barbecue. But second amendment to your head. Yeah. You got to go to a barbecue right now. You yeah. have a choice. You get a text from both Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. Who do you bring to the barbecue? Um. <laughs> this is hard. This is, you don't even have to vote for them. You just have to have them at your just barbecue. Have to have them over to the barbecue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll probably, probably Hillary Clinton, and my reasons are. I don't know if they're valid or not, but she and her husband, despite my misgivings for both of them and some of the stuff they pulled, they kind of started from averageness, you know, mm-hmm. lived in a normal house, grew up in the South, nothing fancy. Uh, Trump just expects everything to be gold plated and, and gaudy and, and, and that he's the biggest mouth in the room. And I don't think I can deal with that. So I'm gonna, I'll, take, I'll take Clinton. He probably wouldn't have been invited back to that barbecue if he brought Trump. Even though she said out loud i don't know who made pokemon go but whoever could make everyone pokemon go to the polls that'd be great it's like all right sit down clinton that's like a mom joke it's the worst mom joke and and you know what as as bad as dad jokes get and i've been pulling a few out here i've been testing the waters yeah. i think dad jokes work really well mom jokes are and i'm and i'm even fine with you know moms telling dad jokes Mm-hmm. But mom jokes are just, I don't know, for some reason they just come off as a little, little, I don't know. It's like my mom made jokes and it'd be like, oh, mom, it's a good thing I got my sense of humor from my dad. Right. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I love my mom, though, and I love, it's okay when mom jokes come out. I think you just have to, you know, it, you tried. You tried. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I'm probably going to be proven wrong by an email or something in, in which they'll send it to info at sleepingwiththeelephant.com and tell me that this is a good mom joke. And you're you're terribly wrong. So I will, I will forward that to Scott. But Scott, if people wanted to send it directly to you, where would they find you? 
Uh, the best place to find me, uh, well, two places really, uh, mm -hmm. frogpants.com has links to everything I'm doing. But more importantly, I think my more active voice can be hound, found or hound uh, on the regular <laughs> over at uh, twitter.com slash Scott Johnson. All one word. It's just my name. Mm-hmm. So it's good stuff. Well, thank you very much for joining me. It's it's been we've been trying to have you on for a while, and I'm glad we finally did it. Totally worth the wait. Uh, and I guess we'll have to have you back on in America's distant future, yeah, post-apocalyptic future. Hopefully not dystopic future, but hopefully a future that we all can uh, grasp and make sense of shortly. So yeah. we'll see. Maybe just post the elections. We should uh, bunk heads again and see how it's going down here. I will shoot you an email, and you know what? We'll uh, before that we can talk about uh, the return of the Walking Dead and whatever video games you're playing. We'll make it happen. All right. Well, thank you, Scott. This has been Sleeping with the Elephant. You can find more at sleepingwiththeelephant.com. Big thanks to Alpha Geek Radio for hosting our show. You can probably catch it on the 24-hour live stream. But there's always live stuff going on. That thing is hopping. You can send your feedback and reviews, iTunes, email, whatever you wish. And you can find me on Twitter at rmurphy and again, Scott at Scott Johnson. Thanks again for listening and have a fantastic week. Bye. This is Quarath with your random Canadian fact. A long tradition on the island of Newfoundland is called kissing the cod. This is used to welcome mainlanders onto the island and involves a codfish and a type of rum called screech. Wikipedia tells us that a Newfoundlander must be present for the ceremony before which a shot of screech is made ready for consumption. Now I'm not even going to attempt to say what is required because I would completely butcher everything and I certainly don't have the proper accent for it. The gist of it is that you kiss the cod, you answer some questions properly, which ends up meaning may there always be wind in your sails. Afterwards, the kisser must consume the shot of screech. At this time, the newcomer is accepted in and receives a certificate from the Royal Order of Newfoundland Screechers. Certainly a very unique experience. Thanks for listening. Follow me at Korath on Twitter.